Good evening and welcome to Crescent Church Belfast. Um, I'd now like to invite up Brooke, but just before Brooke speaks to us, I thought it'd be good for those of us who don't know Brooke as well to ask him a few questions. So he's reluctantly agreed to bear me for the next five minutes. So thank you, Brooke. So Brooke, I've always known you around Crescent as the dapper dressed, most dapperly dressed man in the congregation. Really? Yes, always. It must always. be the hanky. Must be the hanky. So, so for, first off, and I haven't prepared Brooke for this question, so first off, is there any fashion advice you can give to us less fashion-inclined folk? I'm dress, looking more over to the right here. Dress according to your age. There you go. Well, that's good wisdom. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Brooke. And Brooke, so am I right in saying that you were our missionary kid, um, you've written a book, and you're married to the wonderful Beryl? Um, I was wondering, um, could, you, could I ask you, is there a moment in your life, we're talking today about um, the Good Shepherd in this series, and is there a moment in your life that you can think of where the Lord, you felt the Lord's presence and the Lord's been with you and acted as a shepherd? Well, there were many moments, of course. Uh, having been brought up in a missionary family back in the late 40s and throughout the 50s, uh, spent uh, uh, my childhood and teenage years in Japan, uh, I, I witnessed at first hand how this shepherd protects his people, cares for his people, and feeds his people. There were many instances that could be recalled of times when I learned in those days from my father that God could be trusted, he could be depended upon. He never told anyone ever of his needs, only to God. And I can tell you his faith was tested many times. And uh, I learned, I suppose in a way, uh, that what I witnessed and saw and experienced in those early days set a pattern for my own life. God can be trusted even today. I remember, just to tell you a very simple uh, story, uh, the, the boys and girls might enjoy. Uh, when I was 11, uh, my father, he had a check that needed cashed, and uh, he didn't have the fare to go to Tokyo. It was uh, 100 miles away, three hours on the train. And uh, I was sent because he could have the half fare, uh, and I was sent down, down to Tokyo to collect this money. Well, I'll tell you, it, it was a horrendous journey because, uh, first of all, I had to change twice when I got to Tokyo, and then arrived at the main Tokyo station, that, that uh, beautiful red brick building of Tokyo Station, and then two blocks away to get to the bank. And when I saw the, the teeming crowds of people on the pavements, I was terrified that I was going to be carried off and just be lost in the city. And I, I remember holding on to the sides of the buildings. I had two blocks to, to, to go to find it. And holding on, literally, till I got there, and I was really glad when I saw the, the Hong Kong and Shanghai Bank, Banking Corporation, and I went in, and I was standing at this counter, which was up here, and of course the manager knew I was coming. I had to make the journey back again, and uh, I think my father must have been on his knees all day, praying first of all for my safe return and also for the safe return of the money. <laughs> but I mean, you might say, what's the big deal? But when you're in a situation like that, 
a very personal one, it is a big deal because you're trusting, you're depending, and uh, those things don't leave you. That's only one story. I mean, there are plenty of others. Um, they're in the book, by the way. <laughs> Famous blog. <laughs> yeah, what a great story of the faithfulness of God, really is. Um, and just lastly, um, can you tell us um, if there was anything that really stood out to you while you were preparing um, for tonight's sermon? Well, that's interesting because the first thing you do when you're asked to speak is, first of all, what am I going to say to these people? And secondly, how am I going to put it across? But as I was thinking about it recently, uh, things have changed, and now our messages go out on the internet. So you don't know who's, who you're speaking to. And it came to me like this. I could be bringing the gospel message to someone somewhere in the world who has never heard it before. I could also be bringing it to someone in the church who's hearing it for the last time. And that put, puts a huge burden on the messenger, a huge burden to bring that message and prayerfully preparing and considering where the message will go. And of course, as well as that, it's a huge joy because you're bringing uh, news of life, salvation, of a shepherd who who cares, who protects, who feeds. And uh, of course, it is a privilege, uh, uh, but a responsibility too for those who hear. And uh, I think the scriptures, um, the scriptures come to you from somewhere you lodged them a few years ago. I'll say this just as an encouragement to my younger friends. When I came back from Japan, I was 17, because it was all Japanese out there, my English was very poor. Uh, my English vocabulary was, was very poor. How I learned was by buying myself a small New Testament in the King James and reading it. I'm not a student, I'm not a scholar, I'm certainly not a theologian, but I can read. And I read and read every day. Read in your break, read on your lunch hour, read when you're on the street, read on the train, read on the bus. Read, read, read. Get it in, get it in, get it in. I can tell you, years later, when you're in trouble, when, when problems come, when challenges come to your life, those scriptures that you have taken in in your early years will come when you need them. And that proves that this shepherd is there the whole way. Be encouraged. If you haven't got a testament, go out tomorrow and buy one and keep it in your pocket. Don't go out without it. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. Thank and on behalf of everyone, thank you for your preparation for your sermon now. Okay, over to you. Thanks. Now, as has been indicated, tonight's subject is knowing his voice. That is the voice of the Good Shepherd, as recorded for us in John's Gospel, chapter 10. My brief is to look at verses 16, 27, and 28 
and I have endeavored to stay within those guidelines in view of the two gentlemen that have to follow me. But first of all, let me say something about the writer of this gospel. When we lift a book to read, we want to know something about the author. What motivated him or her to take up the pen? And if it's a biography, what particular connection do they have with the subject? Now, while John was one of Jesus' inner circle, he was clearly closer to the Lord than the other disciples. You may recall that at the Last Supper, it was John who leaned on Jesus. Someone has said that as he leaned on his breast, he could feel the very heart throb of Jehovah. Think of that. And when Jesus announced that one of them would betray him, whilst two of the other gospel writers reply with the question, Lord, is it I? John's response is simply, Lord, who is it? Such was his closeness to the Lord. Now, in his earlier book, he writes about that which was from the beginning. That is the beginning of our Lord's earthly ministry. Who we have seen, who we have heard, our hands have handled of the word of life. Such was John's personal encounter with Jesus. He saw him, he heard him, he touched him, he walked with him, and he followed him. And then he writes of that wonderful, unbroken, eternal relationship that Jesus had with his Father. And not just so, but that we too can enjoy that same communion, for he tells us that our true fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the new relationship that we can have with Christ and that you too can have if you would hear his voice and simply put your faith and trust in him, the good shepherd. Here in John 10, Jesus is on his way to the cross. And through this parable, he's explaining not only why he came, but who he came for or rather, who he came to save, as we have in the text. The Father had sent his Son to be the Savior of the world, and he came willingly to seek out those who were lost. In chapter 20, John sums up in just one verse his reason for writing his gospel. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. That's just an introduction. Now, we need to get to our verses. Now, for connection, let's read at verse 14. John 10, 14. We're at page 896, if you're looking for it in the Pew Bible, 896. 
John 10, 14. Jesus is the speaker. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Now, the primary message, of course, is that Jesus, the Messiah, had come to his own land, to his own nation. But as John records in chapter 1, his own people would have nothing of it. Their religious leaders, egged on by the multitudes in their hatred and fanaticism, hounded him to the cross. They received him not. Earlier he had wept over the city and said, how often I would have gathered you, but you wouldn't. But then he says there are others, others who will believe, others who will listen to my voice, them also I must bring. I love that phrase, them also I must bring. These are clearly Gentile believers. Of course, while the Jews as a nation rejected their Messiah, Countless thousands have trusted him down through the centuries, for Jesus said there will be one flock, one shepherd. Both Jews and Gentiles brought together in one flock, not just from the fold of Israel, but from all nations, all one in Christ, one flock, one shepherd, them also. I must bring. This is underlined for us in Hebrews 2, verse 9, that he might, by the grace of God, taste death for every man, for every man. The question tonight is, am I one of his flock? Do I know this shepherd? Have I responded to his voice. Three simple but vital questions that need an answer. Salvation is not to be found in religion, not in what fold you're in, not in what church you attend, but in a living relationship with Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, who gave his life for the sheep nor is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Whether you be Jew or Gentile, the message is for you. It's for the whosoever will. It's a worldwide call tonight. The gospel of Jesus Christ knows no boundaries neither physical, cultural, national, religious, ethnic, 
whatever your status in the community may be, nothing will bar you from coming to Christ tonight. All are invited and all are welcomed. And if there has never been a moment in your life when you made a conscious decision to become one of Christ's followers, then this is your opportunity. If you truly seek him as the good shepherd, he will find you and bring you to himself. Acknowledge then your true condition before God as a lost sinner and accept his son as personal savior. Men may have hounded him to the cross, but it was there that God laid upon his sinless son the punishment that our sins deserved. No man takes my life from me, said Jesus. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. Will you not trust him then, a savior, and own him as your Lord? The prophet Isaiah, writing in chapter 53 of his book, he said this, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the good news is this, that we can become one of his flock through faith in Christ and enjoy a new relationship with him through his cross, through his cross. Let's look then at verses 27 and 28. 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give to them eternal life. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Wonderful words. I think in view of what we have been considering so far, there are a number of challenging questions that all of us, all of us need to ask ourselves tonight. Number one, am I a true follower of Jesus Christ? Number two, am I one of his flock? Number three, do I know his voice? Number four, am I confident that I can never perish? And number five, am I really safe? Am I really safe in the hand of the good shepherd? We'll take them one by one very briefly. So here's the question. Am I a true follower of Jesus Christ? A question I ask myself frequently. Am I? Weak is the effort of my heart and cold my warmest thought 
ever felt like that? Am I a true follower? Said Jesus one day, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily. Follow me. And he warned that to become one of his followers would be a costly thing. There would be a price to pay. Am I? And then again, he said, the world will hate you just as it hated me. It's a challenge. A challenge for people to respond to this. Am I prepared to become a true follower of Jesus Christ? There were multitudes that followed him as he went from town to town to see his miracles, to hear his preaching. They were caught up in the excitement of it all, but later it's recorded of them that they walked no more with him. The cross was for them a step too far. Am I a true follower of Jesus Christ? And secondly, am I one of his flock? It is, of course, a huge privilege to belong to Christ. There's a dignity with it, sons and daughters of the King. John Stott called it God's new society fellow members with every Christian the world over. And many of us have experienced it as we have traveled from country to country, enjoying happy fellowship with brothers and sisters we had never met before. I love the words of that hymn. We would remember we are one with every saint that loves thy name. United to thee on the throne, our life, our hope, our Lord, the same. Am I one of his flock tonight? Do I know the shepherd? Do I know his voice? Hearing his voice, having that conscious knowledge of his presence with me in all of my daily activities in constant communion with him, talking to him, listening for his voice, just like the boy Samuel in the temple. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Remember that chorus we sang years ago, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, his own one of his own, do I know his voice? And then, am I confident tonight? Am I confident that I can never perish? And many Christians do have doubts. 
from time to time. I can only say that our soul confidence is to be found in his word. It's what he says. Shall not perish, John 3, 16. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can't get around that. The words of the Lord Jesus himself, the good shepherd, whosoever believeth in me shall not perish. Am I confident? Am I leaning on his word? Am I resting on his promise? Am I confident that I can never, never, never perish? And then, am I really safe? Am I really secure in the hand of the good shepherd? Well, the answer is in verses 29 and 30. My Father who gave them me is greater than all, and no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. A double security, as Jim Crooks pointed out to us a few weeks ago. No one can pluck them out of my hand. No one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Safe and secure in the mighty hand of God. That's what it is to be a Christian tonight, a true follower of Jesus Christ. So let's look at the verses again. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish, and no one no one will snatch them out of my hand. 1 Peter 2, he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were like sheep, going astray. But now, but now you have returned. But now you have returned to the shepherd of your souls. Wonderful, isn't it? It was a lonely path he trod from every human soul apart, known only to himself, and God was all the grief that filled his heart, yet from the track he turned not back till where I lay in want and shame. He found me. He found me. Blessed be his name. Thank you to Brooke uh, for the uh, amazing reminder and what a uh, blessing it is to be a part of God's family.